Howdy ho! Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm producer Ash, and this is true. I'm joined tonight again mm. by a delightfully special, um, in many ways, guest, James McMillan from the Harley Owners Group. <laughs> like every episode, I'm from something different. Uh-huh. You know, I, I see myself as a, a man of mystery. You know, I wear a lot of hats. I literally wear a hat every day. You do. You have a lot of hats. I'm also married to her, if you guys didn't pick up on that. <laughs> we also do another podcast called Disney Dependent, where we talk about all things, mostly Disneyland specific, but really just fandom of pop culture. And uh, we use Disney as sort of a focal point, but we really cover all kinds of crap. all kinds of things. And we love it. Check it out. Well, this episode is about one of my favorite food items, food-like items. Oh, boy. Velveeta. I, I can attest to this. You, you really do love Velveeta. I do. It's disgusting, and I love it. It's like your, your comfort. I'm using food in quotes, air quotes. Like, if you're, you're sick or you're feeling down, you'll text me, pick up a slab of... Pick up a brick of Velveeta cheese and I go, okay. <laughs> I put it in things. I don't typically just eat it straight from the brick. <laughs> typically. <laughs> just take a nice <laughs> slice off piece of Velveeta. Uh, it's very, very divisive. But where in the hell did it come from? Where did it come from? Well, Velveeta was invented by a Swiss immigrant named Emile Frey. He immigrated to the United States with his father, a farmer and cheesemaker. Emile Frey? Yeah, Emile. Emile Frey. That sounds like someone that makes cheese. Yeah, it sounds Swiss too. Yeah. Emile followed in his father's footsteps and eventually ended up working for the Monroe Cheese Company of New York. In 1889, long before Velveeta, Emile was tasked with creating a cheese that could be used in lieu of the imported Limburger cheese. This first cheese creation was a soft, spreadable product called Liederkranz, which became so popular that the factory shipped out over a ton of it every day. That's a lot of cheese. In 1889. That, that, that was one of those facts that just went through my body and I didn't really digest it. Did what did you just say? A ton of Liederkranz every day. Well, that's a lot of cheese. In 1889. Yeesh. After the turn of the new century, the company opened another location that mainly produced Swiss cheese. Mm. But they encountered a problem. It was difficult to sell cheese wheels that were damaged, and that was a lot of product going to waste. Sure. Knowing that Frey had already had success creating new cheeses, they sent him some samples and asked him to come up with a product that used these cheese scraps. (laughs) And in 1923, after a thorough experimentation on his home stovetop, he came up with a product that not only used all the cheese scraps that might have otherwise gone to waste, but also had a texture unlike any other, described as velvety. Hence the name Velveeta. Ah, and what year? 1923. Sheesh. Velveeta operated independently out of Monroe, New York, until Kraft purchased it four years later in 1927. Ah. Kraft, which had made its own strides in processed cheese technology. Oh, sure have. I could make, I seriously could do like a doctorate in processed cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's her other comfort is American 
Sli- yeah, slices. craft American slices. I'm disgusting. Is. I'm sorry. I also love really good cheese. It yeah. just messes with me a little bit. Kraft wanted another weapon to add to its arsenal, and the company tinkered with Frey's formula in-house while using the Swiss inventor's name and pedigree in their marketing materials. And the product only continued to gain in popularity. There are several reasons for this. First of all, Velveeta was advertised as a 1930s era superfood of sorts. <laughs> Unreal. The 1931 American Medical Association declared Velveeta was chock full of super nutritious goodness. Oh my God. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Way. <laughs> okay. Salt. Yeah. There were university studies done too, I'll have you know, with Rutgers University confirming the AMA's assertions that Velveeta had everything you need for, quote, firm flesh. For firm they flesh? They said that it, it gave you firm flesh. <laughs> what in the goddamn hell does firm flesh mean? It means top body. Nice beach body, you know? Yeah, I, that's that can't possibly be true. Well, keep in mind that this is the medical community that considered cigarettes to be healthy. Right, so. exactly. There was a Velveeta TV ad from 1958 that targeted weight-watching moms and their youngsters. <laughs> Just gnawing on some Velveeta cheese. Yep. Cool. Keeping that firm flesh firm. Smoking a cigarette. Yep. Drinking the whiskey in the morning. And people liked it. Surveys taken in the 30s found that about two-thirds of Americans liked the cheese product better than actual cheese. Well, I bet they did. <laughs> it's amazing. But perhaps most importantly, the economic state of the United States at the time was the perfect scenario for Velveeta to succeed. Remember, all of this is happening in the background of World War One, the Great Depression, and right. then World War Two. Sure. During the Great Depression, um, an American family's food budget for the week was somewhere around $9. For the week? For the week. For the family. Wow. Although many were forced to make do with even less than that. So when families were faced with feeding four, five, or more people on pennies every day, Getting growing kids all the nutrition that they needed was of the utmost importance. Right. Milk was expensive, but Velveeta was not. And it didn't spoil quickly either. By the time World War II started, milk and cheddar cheese were among the first staples to be rationed on the home front because supplying the troops was the top priority. But keeping the great American workforce healthy and strong back home was a close second. And Kraft's wartime campaign advertised Velveeta as an affordable, healthy way to make sure your entire family got all the goodness they needed to pull their weight and get shit done. And to keep that skin taut. Firm. Firm. (laughs) (laughs) Additionally, Velveeta was also marketed as a way to make those leftovers into something the family wanted to eat and make it easier to guarantee that nothing went to waste. I mean, that is true. Yeah, just melt it with some Velveeta. Good to go. This is the era of the victory garden, after all, scrimping and saving every little bit to make it through. Now, how are people using this? Well, that's what I was wondering. Are they just gnawing off a chunk of that brick? Well, it's always been, to me, Velveeta is like a cheese that you melt. Yes. I mean, it's already kind of melty. Right? It's not it's not like it's not like a cheese and cracker type of cheese. You'd hope not. Right? It's already semi liquid form. Well let me tell you how these folks would use Velveeta. You ready? 
James is <laughs> getting himself positioned. He's sitting up straight. Oh, okay. Okay. The company's early ads instructed housewives to make a cheese sauce using half of a pound of Velveeta and a fourth of a cup of milk, and then, quote, pour it over toasted sandwiches of peanut butter and pickles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you know how thankful I am to live in our current times? Sheesh. Peanut butter and pickle sandwiches with a cheese sauce of milk and Velveeta poured over top of it. The hearty people. For an exotic Hawaiian twist on this sandwich, take half of a toasted bun, apply a generous layer of peanut butter, add a slice of pineapple. That's the Hawaiian part, I take it. A slice of Velveeta, and then leave it in the oven long enough to melt the cheese. When it's done, top it with a maraschino cherry. What in the goddamn hell? (laughs) That sounds awful. I truly can't imagine what any of this tastes like. I mean, that tastes like a dare. Yeah. It tastes like, I think it would be like pregnant woman food. Yeah. Stoner food. Like, really bizarre combination of things. Speaking of bizarre combinations of things, then there was the Velveeta jelly omelet. (laughs) Which is basically... Just saying things now. (laughs) It's a four egg omelet. With Velveeta folded into the eggs, but with your favorite tart jelly and some parsley on top. All in all, not yeah, the worst thing actually, yeah. that we've heard so no, far. No, that actually sounds pretty delish. That's like a Denny special thing. Yeah. Huh. There's also offerings like the Velveeta Strata, which is basically a casserole made from a bread layer, a Velveeta layer, another bread layer, and then a slather of eggs and milk. <laughs> Also to be served with jelly on top. What's with the jelly back then? I don't know. There's so much jelly back then. There's a lot of jelly. They they discovered gelatin and then it was like, everything must be gelatin. Everything was gelatin. There were Velveeta pizzas, an olive macaroni and cheese casserole, and a holiday dinner recipe that was literally just pearl onions melted in Velveeta cheese. <laughs> Dude. And you know what? People still love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I kind of shame eat it, but I love it. Sure. Nothing quite melts like it. You know, I didn't realize that they sold it in the brick form until sort of recently. When I brought a brick home. Yeah, because traditionally you'd buy like Velveeta and shells. Mm-hmm. It's it's a box. It's the product. Velveeta and shells. Listen, James, I'm trying to save money in these harsh economic times. Sure. You have to buy your Velveeta in bulk. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> it just makes fiscal sense. Yeah, I remember asking the, the young grocery attendant where to find this. Where could I find a brick of Velveeta? So A, I had to say that sentence out loud. To a, an adult. To an adult. And he and I both looked for it in where you'd think it would be, but it's not. It's like in the cracker aisle on a top shelf. You know where things get really dusty and like dead moths fall on it and shit? This is why That's Velveeta where it is. is the cheese of the American... Great Depression, because it will just sit on that shelf and it will be edible. It'll endure. At the end of the war. Totally. It's the cockroach of cheese. It is. That's why I love it. Nothing melts like it. Uh, We had some nacho cheese the other day with Velveeta mixed with my own salsa ranchera. Dude, one of the best things you've ever made. Yep. I gotta say. You were were skeptical at first and then you were in love. Son of a bitch. So that kind of brings me to the very popular Rotel plus Velveeta combo. Right. 
Combining cans of Rotel diced tomatoes and chilies with blocks of Velveeta has been popular in the South for ages. Mm. Lyndon and Lady Bird Johnson were known to be big fans. We watched JFK last night, and Lyndon B. Johnson was doing his evil shit on it, and I was like, "Yeah, Lyndon's in the Velveeta episode. Also, Lady Bird? Lady Bird! Is that her real goddamn name? I don't know. <laughs> Pisses me off. I know. Uh, yeah, they were big fans. Um, but yeah, this, I bet they were. But this classic duo didn't really explode until 2004, when food giant ConAgra which purchased Rotel in 2002, quietly entered into an agreement with competitor Kraft Mm. to promote cans of Rotel and Velveeta side-by-side in stores and through advertisements. Ah, smart. It was a brilliant move that boosted sales of both brands, which were actually both slumping a bit. In January 2014, Kraft announced a shortage of Velveeta due to to a recall. And due to a transition in their, to their new production facility. What was the recall? That it was really, really bad for you? <laughs> <laughs> this just in? This just in. Does not cause firm flesh. Yeah. The timing of this shortage could not have been worse because this was January and it was mere weeks before the Super Bowl. No, Some, that, yeah, that's, that, that dog don't hunt. No, that dog don't hunt at all. Some folks smelled the publicity stunt, but the company denied this. Others lost their goddamn minds. Think TP in the spring of 2020. <laughs> right, 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 right. Amid the cheese apocalypse controversy, Kraft embraced the crisis with straightforward communication and a welcome dose of irony, referring to Velveeta as, quote, our nation's most precious commodity, liquid gold. <laughs> they also created a website that tracked the shortage across the country. Fans poured their hearts out on social media. And whether it was intentional media stunt or not, it worked. Like I said, people love it. There's even an 80s cover band called Velveeta. Damn. They formed in 1995 in State College, PA, and are still performing mostly locally to this day. Although they are performing at the Punxsutawney Groundhog Festival in August in Pennsylvania. So if you live in Pennsylvania, go see Velveeta at the Groundhog thing. Damn, man. I'm into it. And you know what? Chefs use it. They use it more than you'd think. Really? Although they tend to sneak well, it in. Would you call it a chef at that point or a cook? Cook. Yeah. Chef, line, I think chefs do. Line cook. I think chefs use it. They use it for a quick melty flavor boost, and I doubt that they're ad- advertising that anywhere on their materials, but they're using it. Flavor boost. Yes. So, is it cheese? Not really. But kinda? <laughs> Technically. Technically, no. Ah, I see. Um, most cheeses are made with milk, rennet, and salt. Today's Velveeta, by contrast, is made with... James, go ahead. Well, 21 go- listed ingredients. You want to list them all? Yep. I have a comparison. It was then versus now. Mm-hmm. Then had eight ingredients. Mm-hmm. That back then was American cheese, condensed whey, water, nonfat dry milk, sodium phosphate, salt, cream, artificial flavor. Pretty normal stuff. Today... Uh, let's see. Skim milk, milk, canola oil, milk protein, concentrate, sodium phosphate, modified food starch, whey protein concentrate, maltodextrin, whey, salt, calcium phosphate, lactic acid, sorbic acid, milk fat, sodium alginate, sodium citrate, enzymes, I don't even know how to pronounce that word. Epicarotenol. Anato. Anato? Yep. 
cheese culture vitamin A, another word I can't pronounce, which is never a good sign. Yeah. So that's a veritable Frankenstein's monster. And by the way, ingredients. Velveeta cheese is banned at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, but I mean, get off yeah. their high horse. Yeah, get out of here, Whole Paycheck. Shut up, Whole Foods. So the key ingredient here from that list is sodium citrate, which is something that was discovered to transform cheeses decades ago. Mm. Swiss food scientists first shredded and melted Emmentaler, a yellow medium hard cheese, and added it to a runny soup. Anyone who's made anything similar before knows that when the two ingredients made contact, the fat separated, floated to the surface, creating a nasty oil slick on the soup. Because that's what happens when you heat up real cheese. Mm. But the scientists found that when they added sodium citrate to the cheese, it stabilized the fat and prevented separation. How? Time for science! The sodium citrate replaces calcium ions with sodium ions, making the casein proteins inside the cheese bind together less strongly, allowing them to integrate more with the surrounding components. How diverse. How diverse. It's a melting pot, a Mm -hmm. liquid gold melting pot. Sodium citrate also happens to give Velveeta its unnatural shelf life. (laughs) Where do you find sodium citrate? Um, well... Where do you find any of that stuff? I don't know, chemistry lab. You know what I mean? Is it is it sold in a bag? Do you, do I don't you imagine it's a powder. It like a... Just shake it in. <laughs> you drop it in. Yeah. Well, speaking of unnatural, in 2002, the FDA sent the company a warning letter asking them to change their labeling from cheese spread yeah. to cheese product and Kraft complied. That's so funny. I was looking at the old box... And it says pasteurized processed cheese spread. Yeah. And now. Product. Yeah. Just cheese. What does it say? Pasteurized recipe cheese product. (laughs) (laughs) And damn, it's delicious. It's delish. Well, my sources for this episode were Wikipedia, mashed.com, and mental floss. And um, I think that the moral of the story today is that Whole Foods is run by hippies and they think that they're too good for Velveeta and they're not. Yeah, and hippies stink, you know? Sorry if there's any hippies listening. We do love you, but you know what? Velveeta's delicious and you need to get off your high horse. Yeah, and another moral of the story is, you know, life is short. Eat some Velveeta, man. Have some fun. Not too much. Not too much. Just a little bit. Just a little bit.